artificial intelligence and machine learning are becoming mainstream enterprise technologies. And this changes the way that businesses operate and at the same time impacts uh, how IT does its job and how enterprise infrastructure evolves as well. Uh, joining us to talk about AI in the data center are Tony Pikaday, Senior Director of AI Systems at NVIDIA, and Doug O'Flaherty from IBM, where Doug is the Global Ecosystems Leader for IBM Storage. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Great to be here, Steve. So, Tony, I want to start with you. How do you see enterprises or enterprises investing in AI today? You know, it's interesting. Um, we've seen uh, a really compelling pattern emerge here, especially if you look at the backdrop of the pandemic and mm-hmm. and a kind of challenging, turbulent economic times. And what we've noticed kind of parallels previous almost downturns or similarly challenging times where organizations typically did three things really well. They um, drew customer relationships tighter and closer. Um, they looked to save costs everywhere possible, and they looked for opportunities to create an economic moat or some kind of um, business agility that their competitors didn't have. And the remarkable thing, and I think why we're seeing so many organizations double down on AI now, even amidst this current environment, is because AI is really good at all three things, right? This is a great time for organizations to build, for instance, chatbots or build superhuman language understanding into uh, their customer service operations or to analyze sentiment and do things to customize and tailor um, customer experiences, right? So drawing customers closer. It's also a great time to save costs in terms of cost of uh, inventory, for instance, or streamlining your supply chain with better forecast and opt- optimization of your models. Um, also, really something AI is really good at. And then obviously AI is helping a lot of organizations mine their data more effectively to figure out new business opportunities that they may never have considered uh, before. And unlocking the needle in the haystack and the notion of data is something that AI is really good at. So it's no surprise for us that even amidst the current environment, more organizations than ever are uh, investing in AI and AI infrastructure. But deploying AI solutions in the data center, it's, it's a little bit different from, uh, you know, building infrastructure for more traditional workloads. Uh, where do you see, where do you see IT organizations struggling as they deploy AI? Yeah, what, one, one of the problems is that um, many might be inclined to look at it as just another workload that runs in the data center that needs compute storage and networking. But the reality is that AI is fundamentally different, both in how it's crafted and then ultimately how it's deployed and the kind of resources that it consumes, right? So if you look at from a how it's built perspective, it's highly iterative process um, done by data science artisans who are not IT DevOps type people who don't have experience in writing applications or writing them for scale or even following good IT DevOps rigors, right? It's a highly iterative, experimental, creative process that constantly requires a human in the loop. And essentially... IT has a very important role to help bring rigor to that process of going from a viable AI concept to a prototype to a um, a model that can be trained at scale and then deployed in a production application. Um, so there's that aspect of it in terms of having an IT platform that can manage that workflow. And obviously the data platform under that is super important because you ha- need to enable effortless mobility of very large data sets from one end of that layer cycle to the other. Um, additionally, when you think about the infrastructure, 
it's never been more important to have uh, almost zero distance between the compute processing power that needs to act on the data and where that data lies and the the network fabric that interconnects these things. And oftentimes, uh, for many organizations that do not have experience, deep experience in like high-performance computing and the architectures that are specifically designed for parallelizing large, complex mathematical problems over large numbers of compute nodes, this can be daunting because it may not look at all familiar um, to other workloads that they run in the data center. This is where reference architectures that show you how to strike that optimized balance of compute networking and storage and what kinds of each you need is super important to every IT leader. Sure. I want to drill down on one of the things that you mentioned, which is um, keeping GPUs fed and keeping the AI monster fed right, requires very fast access to uh, data, right? We want data piped in into these systems quickly. We need data coming off of disk quickly. Um, Doug, I'll throw it over to you a little bit. How does how does deploying AI change the way we think about storage architecture? Well, it changes it in two very important ways. One of them is that question you're talking about about keeping the the you know the performance fed. Um, GPUs are incredibly powerful paradigm shift as much as I'm not fond of that phrase because we now can take and really through some statistical methods um, come up with real insights on, on very disparate data by chunking through huge portions of it. And the ability for a GPU to do that really also means that it has a lot of IO that comes into it. And there's a lot of work that's being done um, both by NVIDIA and storage companies to be able to make that easier and faster, you know, innovations like RDMA to direct the GPU, a GPU direct storage. But that is one part of that life cycle that Tony was referring to, right? This is something that's continually being iterated on. So that concept of, or this environment of where is the data on which you're working is the second piece of keeping the data scientist fed. So you could have a very fast network. You could have something that feeds GPUs pretty well. But you actually have to embody the entire life cycle, you know, the entire life cycle of that data AI pipeline. And the IT guys have a really great role that Tony alluded to here because it's regulatory, it's process, and it's accessibility. You want to make it so that you have good data that is available to the data science teams that doesn't need to be recreated and has um, a sense of self-service to it so that they can also keep their own creative engine running as well as those people. So you need performance for the individuals, performance for the pipeline, and performance for the GPUs. So it's an interesting balance, and the reference architectures definitely help with that. So, so it is all about balance, right? Tony, can you talk a little bit about what's you know required to scale AI in the enterprise? Uh, it's more than just fast attached storage and some GPUs, right? Yeah, definitely. And this is stuff that I think we've figured out um, over the course of quite a few years doing large hyperscale type environments for um, organizations around the world. And, you know, our, our friends at IBM have been a part of that. Um, the reality is that, as, as we've been saying, AI is unique in how it consumes these resources and you want to achieve the fastest time to solution on your computational problem. Um, so for that, you need the ultra high performance storage in combination with um, the training process and the compute power. So these this optimal balance that we talked about includes a few things. Um, you need to be able to really think about, for instance, on the compute side, AI doesn't simply mean 
getting as many servers packed with um, GPUs stitched together um, or scaling the same kind of storage that you've been using to support mainstream workload, right? You need to be thinking about, for instance, IOPS, latency. Are you, you know, you need to be th- thinking about the network fabric, for instance, InfiniBand with 200 gigabit per second interconnectivity, even the topology that interconnects multiple nodes across that fabric with the storage is also very important. All of these things need to be, um, if you will, prescribed versus kind of stumbled into. And, and why is this important? Well, a lot of the mission-critical applications that your developers and data scientists are working on depend on the ability to parallelize the model that you're training across many nodes. Uh, these days, uh, if you're thinking about like natural language processing as an example, we have architectures where you need potentially dozens or even hundreds of systems acting together in concert to be able to achieve a reasonable time to solution. The good thing is that, you know, our teams, as Doug, have, uh, Doug has pointed out, at both companies, NVIDIA and, and IBM, have collaborated on this joint reference architecture that brings together that balance of architecturally how many DGX A100 nodes do you need with the right kind of IBM storage, what kind of network connectivity you need, and benchmarking that, like providing validated proven performance documented for known workloads. And, you know, the easiest way to take the complexity complexity out of all of this is honestly to follow the reference architecture or obviously work with our partners um, who have deep competency in, in both our solutions and know how to bring this stuff together in a turnkey way. So, so wouldn't an easier way to do all of this? And, and I know that I can go to Amazon right now and rent AWS or rent A100s on AWS. Wouldn't an easier way to do this just do it all in the cloud? That's a great question. Uh, we often find ourselves trying to rationalize one versus the other, but you know, for AI, we have to recognize that both, in fact, have a useful place in your AI development journey. But I'll also say that cloud is not the hammer for every AI nail. It's great. It's a great way to engage in early productive experimentation, enabling your developers to get a fast start with a low barrier to entry. Uh, it's great at supporting temporal needs uh, as AI development is starting to get under, underway. But eventually, through ongoing iteration, one's AI models start to get more and more complex, consuming more and more compute cycles, and in parallel, the data fueling that training gets exponentially larger. And this is the point at which costs start to escalate, and we've seen a lot of customers express this to us, and they start to feel the effect of what we call data gravity, uh, and it becomes very noticeable. And by this, I mean more time and money is being spent pushing large data sets from where they're generated to where the compute resides, right? That's a classical problem when you think about a cloud-based deployment where your data lives within the four walls of your data center, your data lake infrastructure, and your compute is sitting somewhere else. So this speed bump drives up your OPEX, unfortunately, and it's typically the inflection point where a lot of organizations that our companies have dealt with start to realize that there is a real tangible benefit in a fixed cost infrastructure that allows you to remove that fear of budget overrun and give your developers back this sense of uh, freedom and the ability to creatively explore their models without fear of fear of cost. Ultimately, when they're able to do that, they're going to build better, higher quality models with the highest accuracy possible. So that's why we think about this, like many things, hybrid is often uh, the most sensible way to go. Sure. So, Doug, Tony touched on reference design work that IBM and NVIDIA are doing together. Um, how are IBM and NVIDIA making AI infrastructure easier for enterprises? 
Well, one of the easy ways is, is that we have published a reference architecture that allows you to sort of build with a building block, and it does have uh, the parallel file system, the high-performance throughput, the networking configuration. We're going a little steps further, too, with um, the kind of performance recommendations that are coming out from the background with NVIDIA um, and certain workloads to look at balances of throughput and latency environments. So uh, the parallel file system of IBM Spectrum Scale has always been a performance leader in these clustered environments. And a lot of IT departments don't understand or don't normally touch this idea of clustered or scale-out computing. And even when we're talking about a single DGXA100 with uh, multiple GPUs in it, that you're, you're really feeding into a network in a sense, and you've got to have a network balance and an environment that goes with it. The other work that we've done is to take it really a step further um, with our IBM reference architectures and some of the stuff we've done with, I, with Red Hat OpenShift, which is to look at how the um, performance reference architecture, the NVIDIA pod, fits into an AI data workflow. And how do you manage um, the turnover of this? And how do you manage the, the data ops? One of the things that's very important becomes something that um, Steve Elliott and I talk a lot about. Dr. Steve Elliott is... Um, an IBM uh, member of the IBM uh, chief data office, and he and I are presenting at GTC 2001. Our session is 33231 if you want to go see it. It's really intriguing because we're talking about how just that David gravity has really changed the way we architect even our own processes. And so we document that. We help build that out. There's very few people in the world who are better at scaling out a variety of kinds of data in a variety within the enterprise than IBM. And so things like our ability to integrate uh, the metadata, that is the visible data about the data, which is critical to the um, IT process and the data science process, be able to integrate that into the pipeline and the workflow is one of the things that IBM brings as unique skills. And then when you turn that and combine that with the incredible performance, the incredible um, tuning, and the incredible optimizations that NVIDIA has brought to the table, including the SuperPod reference architectures and things like their NGC, their um, containerized library of, of fast applications and easy adoption. We really have a unique combination to be able to bring the kind of skills at enterprise scaling up and HPC scaling up that we've done traditionally with the IBM Spectrum products and this unique environment that marries the, the large enterprise that we are and the high-performance enterprise that NVIDIA absolutely excels at. So. To wrap this up, uh, give each of you the last word. Give me one takeaway, and Tony, we'll start with you. For an IT practitioner who might be listening to us and just daunted and overwhelmed by the prospect of having to support these systems, right? what would you tell them? Don't go it alone. This is uh, a multidisciplinary sport. So on two sides of this, one is internally um, there are business stakeholders, people who are close to the data. You obviously your data science team. We don't want to be operating in isolation of them. They need to be intimately connected to key architectural choices and platform that ultimately affect their work. Um, obviously, there's people inside of uh, the customer's organization that know how to help instill some of that DevOps rigor into the data science uh, realm. So I think there's definitely uh, you know, importance to bridging the gap between data science team and the IT team. That's that's kind of, if you will, foundational to success as you're moving forward. On the other side, as you think about the platform, 
Um, I'd also say don't go it alone. Think about um, how you can leverage partners who have deep competency in the full stack, right? Um, so the fortunate part is that you've got two partners right here um, who have, again, deep competency in, in, in every aspect of this solution, right? IBM has been doing this for so many years. IBM Storage Solutions are specifically architected for the kind of problems that we're trying to solve when you talk about parallelizing these problems and feeding with data across large-scale infrastructure. It's now we're now applying that know-how to AI, which is great. And their people know how to do this, and our mutual set of partners know how to do this. They've done it many times before for organizations around the world. From the NVIDIA perspective, if you're thinking about, um, for instance, you're building an NLP application or you're building a recommender system or you're building an autonomous system, chances are you're going to run into a problem related to your model or the framework you're choosing or some kind of tool. And chances are also pretty good that your NVIDIA team has encountered the same thing somewhere else, either in-house with the work we do or with a customer just like you who's um, who's um, had to tackle it before. So I'd say enlist our help, enlist IBM's help, bring us in early on, and we can help you kind of put that game plan together for success. And Doug, I'll give you the last word because one of NVIDIA's partners in the space, right? Tony's got a great point there, right? Our business partners and our joint things, people have done this before. But the other call, so there's one other call to action that I always, when I'm talking to IT departments and even to the data scientists, which is don't advocate your responsibility to be the person who anticipates scaling and building the business. IT departments have great history and regulatory and governance and, and this not the ability to foresee how to grow and to balance uh, IT infrastructure. And data scientists, that's not really their background typically. And so one of the things that really is important is to go engage with the business partners, look at the material we put out there, look at those reference architectures, and figure out where you as an IT professional add value to your data scientists and get involved in the conversation early. Because one of the things that we see is you can make an easy decision or you can make a decision on which it's very easy to grow. And one of the things that I know about the reference architectures we've put together is they are designed for seamless, almost no downtime or no downtime growth, data tiering in order to deliver better economics with IBM Spectrum Scale and object storage, and long-term visibility of your data and governance with things like Spectrum Discover. And that entire portfolio can doesn't have to start day one. You can start with something that is really easy, very simple, a couple of DGXs, a simple ESS 3000, and know how that's going to map forward. And so IT guys, get involved. Think forward. Think where you're going and involve those business partners and people who can help you get there. Great. Great thought to leave on. So thank you both for taking the time today. Thank you. 